Good morning. This is Orphan Sunday or uh, Stan Sunday. It's a Sunday in which we take a, a little break from working through a book of the Bible to, to really look at what the Scripture says and the emphasis that the Scripture gives and the instruction that the Scripture gives for how we as followers of Christ should think about orphans and widows, should think about the, the children who are valuable and vulnerable. That's what we talked about last year, is that children are valuable that in the kingdom of God, then they're given a place, but that they're also vulnerable of being overlooked. They're vulnerable of being pushed aside, that they're vulnerable of all the things that, that this world would throw at them. And so today what I want to do is I want to build off of this idea that children are valuable and vulnerable, and I want to bring it together in this place of what we have received from Christ is what we extend to others. So what, what it might look like is what Christ has poured in us is what we pour out to others, especially towards children. And so we're going to look in the book of John that, that what Christ has done for us is what we are called as followers of Christ to do for children. Before we do that, I want to read out of Psalm 145 just a little picture a little glimpse of what we're called to and the picture of what that is. It starts in verse 8 of Psalm 145. He says, The Lord is gracious and merciful. He's slow to anger and he's abounding in steadfast love. The Lord is good to all and his mercy is over all that he has made. All your works shall give thanks to you, O Lord, and your saints shall bless you. Now listen to this. They shall speak of your glory of your kingdom and tell of your power to make known to the children of man your mighty deeds and the glorious splendor of your kingdom. This is our job for us to make known the glorious splendor of our God, for us to declare his, his deeds that he is gracious and merciful, abounding in love and slow to anger. Let's pray and ask that the Lord would do that in us today. Lord, we do ask this morning that as we look at your word, that as we hear the calling and the challenge, that as we remember the truth of what you have done for us, Lord, that we would be quick to obey, that we would be quick to extend that to others, Lord, that we would give a picture of what Christ has done for us to a world that's looking. Lord, would you help us to know how to obey your word this morning? We ask it in Jesus' name. Amen. All right, so turn to John chapter 1. And this is the, the basis for what John is then going to say in chapter 14. So we're going to lay the foundation in John chapter 1, and then we're going to jump forward to John chapter 14. So in John chapter 1, starting in verse 9, it says, the true light, which enlightens everyone, was coming into the world. And he, being Jesus, was in the world, and the world was made through him, and yet the world did not know him. He came into his own, and his own people did not receive him. You see the picture of Jesus? He came into the world. They didn't know who he was. His own people, the Jewish people, didn't receive him. But, verse 12, look at this. But to all who did receive him, 
who believed in his name, he gave the right to become children of God who were born not of blood nor of the will of flesh nor of the will of man, but of God. That here in this passage, we see that Jesus offers a path of belonging. A path of belonging. Well, where does that come from? He gave the right to become a child of God. Jesus extends the privilege, the right, the honor to belong to the family of God. He gives a path to belonging to a family, to be a child of God. Now, how does this path look? Well, he tells us exactly how to be on this path. To all who receive him and who believe in him. To those who receive him and believe him, this is the offer that was given. If you receive and if you believe, then you have the right to be a child of God. See, that offer was extended then and it's still valid today. There's not an expiration date on that offer. That you have an opportunity If you haven't already received that offer, then there is an offer for you today that by receiving and by believing in Jesus Christ as Lord, then you can be saved. You can have the right to be called a child of God with all of the blessings that go along with that. All of the spiritual blessings in the heavenly places that when your father is the one who created the universe, there is a great privilege and honor to belonging to the family of God. He has all authority. He has all power. He has all knowledge. And as we read, he is good and gracious, slow to anger and abounding in steadfast love. That that is the offer that is extended to all of us and it's the basis of that offer and those who have received that offer that we then get to John chapter 14. So flip over to John chapter 14 and I want to give a little setup for this that We see Jesus gives that offer to be a child of God. And then as the gospel has gone on, Jesus has has walked into his ministry and he's been doing miracles and he's called the disciples to himself and the disciples have been following him. And we get to chapter 13 and Jesus ends in chapter 13 and he's basically told the disciples, hey, I'm leaving. And they're like, whoa, whoa, whoa. For perspective of this, I was talking to my kids. One of them said, hey, dad, test your sermon out on us, right? And so last night we're sitting around the table and I, I was testing it out on him. And I said, so what would you guys think if your mom and I just said, hey, we're leaving? And they're like, whoa, no, I'd be scared. No, they, there was kind of a freak out of like, hey, we're leaving. See you later. Well, that would unnerve them. And that's exactly what it did to the disciples. It unnerved them because they said, no, Jesus, we banked everything on you. The truth of who you said you were. The things which we saw with our own eyes. We saw you heal the sick. We saw you make the lame walk. We saw you give sight to the blind and hearing to those who were deaf. We saw these things and we've banked our life on you. And now you're just like, peace out, Brussels sprout. They're like, whoa, whoa, whoa. Their world has just been crushed. And so we see chapter 14, verse 1. 
we see why Jesus begins this way. Let not your hearts be troubled. Why would he tell them that? Because their hearts are extremely troubled. You're leaving us. And you've told us that where you're going, we can't come with you. You're leaving us. And he says, no, no, no. Don't be troubled. Believe in God. Believe also in me. Look at this. In my father's house are many rooms. If it were not so, I would have told you that I go to prepare a place for you. This is the main point. Verse 3. And if I go and prepare a place for you, I will come again. And I will take you to myself, that where I am, you may be also. The second thing that I want us to see is that Jesus prepares a place to belong. You see, belonging is all about relationship, right? That, that he offers a path for us to be accepted into the family and belong in relationship. And then here, he says, don't be troubled. I'm going, but I'm not going forever. Because I've gone to prepare a place in order that you might belong with me and have a place of belonging. The disciples were freaking out because they thought they would abandon him, but Jesus was just going ahead to prepare for them. And so he gives them this instruction, but the disciples obviously are a little confused. And so they begin to ask some questions and they're like, but... But Jesus, we don't know where you're going. And he's like, yeah, you do. Because I'm the way, the truth, and the life. You see, in this path of belonging, that the path is Christ. It is in relationship with Christ that we belong, and that is the path to the destination in which we get there. It's through Christ. It is relationship. So Jesus tells him that he's the way, the truth, and the life, and that if you know Him, you know the Father, and the disciples are still a little confused. And so Philip speaks up, and he's like, but Jesus, show us the Father. It's like, and he goes, well, if you know me, then you know the Father. Because of the Trinity in relationship, they're together. And so he then continues on this and he begins to articulate to them this aspect of of knowing the Father and knowing Jesus, that you're in relationship, that you belong, that there's a path to it, that there's a place for it. And then he gets to verse 15. He says, if you love me, you'll keep my commandments and I'll ask the Father and he will give you another helper. This is the promise of the Holy Spirit. So we see the Trinity already in this passage, God the Father, God the Son, God the Spirit, that he says he's going to send the Spirit as a helper for the the in-between time of his leaving. But that's not the only thing that's going on here. There's a second part of this that, yes, we're going to receive the Holy Spirit, but look at verse 18. He says, I will not leave you as orphans. And this is a powerful statement. This is a powerful statement of belonging. Because he says, I won't leave you as orphans, but I will come to you. Presence. Belonging. All about relationship. They won't be orphans because what is an orphan? It's one who's been abandoned. It's one who's been left to their own without any care or relationship. And Jesus says, I will not 
leave you as orphans. He gives us, Jesus gives us a promise of belonging. That we will not be orphans because he will come to us. I love, as he continues this, he unpacks it even more and he says, I won't leave you as orphans yet a little while and this world won't see me. But you will see me because I live. And so he's foreseen his death and burial and resurrection just like we got to see in baptism, this symbol of that. That Christ will not die and stay dead, but he will rise. But he keeps going because the disciples are still confused about this. And I get it. It's a confusing concept. We've even got the scriptures which tell us all of it. And the disciples were going, man, I don't, I don't get what you're saying, Jesus. But built into this relationship aspect, this, this idea of belonging, being a child of God, and belonging with God the Father, then he says this, look at verse 23. Jesus answers Judas, not the Iscariot who betrayed him, but, but he answers Judas's question of like, how are you going to show yourself to us? And he says, verse 23, if anyone loves me, he will keep my word and my father will love him and we will come to him and make our home. See, I heard it said one time that a house is a structure, but a home is a relationship. So you can have a house, but a house isn't a home. Because in a home, there's relationship. It's where you feel safe. So I was talking to my kids about this. I was like, what, what makes our home? It's the place where you want to be when the storm comes. You're safe. It's the place where you know your identity and that you belong, and that you, that you have a right to be there. You're not a stranger in your home because you're known and you know. And Jesus specifically tells them as their hearts are fraught with, with abandonment, he says, no, 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 no. If anyone loves me, he'll keep my word and my father will love him and we will come to him and make our home. Jesus gives us the reality and the promise that, that he is in relationship with us based off of the fact that we have received and believed in his name and therefore we have all the rights to be called children of God. And so we are. So what does this have to do with Orphan Sunday? Well, it's this reality that fuels our passion and our compassion for children who are vulnerable and valuable. You see, it's, it's the reality that Christ has welcomed us in and given us a path of belonging and given us a prepared place to belong and given us a promise that we always will belong that we then move with compassion to extend those same realities to children. Right now in Shreveport, in Bossier, they're children without a home, without a relationship, without a place of belonging. And you and I are called to that. James goes on building off of this, and he says that pure and undefiled religion is this, that you visit orphans and widows in their distress. 
But he, he adds something in there. He says, pure and undefiled religion before God our Father is this. You see, because we're his children, if he's our father, and so we ought to act as our father acts. Extending belonging and relationship with those who are desperately in need. Those who are orphaned by this world. So what does that look like? Well, what might it look like to offer a path of belonging to a child who's in need? Well, it could look like being a casa, working through our government systems to be a voice of belonging to a child. It could look like opening up your home in foster care or adoption. Or it could look like being an encourager to those that do that. Being a financial supporter to those that do that. Sure, in foster care you get a check from the state, but that doesn't cover it. It could be just giving a word of encouragement when the days get hard and the days get long for one that has opened up their home and given a path of belonging. Maybe it looks like helping to prepare a place. Maybe you have an extra room in your home and it could be a place. It could be a place that you've prepared for a moment when someone needs it. Maybe it's being an encourager and a provider for those that are doing that, that you're helping to prepare a place for a child to belong. This is something that's near and dear to our heart. It's near and dear to our family. Adoption is is a difficult journey. But it's an opportunity to prepare a place to belong place to call home, a place to be known and to know. And it's because of what Christ has done in us. But what does it look like, this promise of belonging? This promise of belonging is the promise that Christ has extended to us that even though he knew we were sinners, he still offered the promise that we would belong and that we would not be left and that there is no sin too big to make him go back on his promise and say, ah, too much. You see, that's the reality that many in the foster care system, they hear all the time is that they're too broken. Too big of an issue to take in. They've burned through too many homes. It's the reality within adoption that these children are too broken, hard to place, too old. And yet Christ has given us a promise that we belong based off of his love and affection towards us, that he moved first. There's a little video here that I would love for you guys to watch that just gives a really simple look. There's nothing majestic. There's nothing glorified. This video is touching for me because I remember the faces. I remember the facial expressions of, of having a sense of belonging that a child gives. A feeling of love and a value. And so it's nothing grand 
It's nothing majestic. It's just real life look at what does it look like to, to provide a path of belonging and a place of belonging and a promise of belonging.